Welcome to Let's Go, where you will hear about lives that have been transformed by the power of God. You'll see and hear real stories of real people going to real places far away whose lives are changed as God uses them to impact the lives of others for His glory. Get ready to see people experience God's love and power. Let's go. Welcome, everyone. My name is Tony Nardell, and I'm going to be your host today. And with me today is Darren Slack, who is not only the producer of this show, but he has this little ministry that where he goes around prophesying and teaching others how to prophesy. Now, we're in the middle of a three-part series, actually four-part series, on the prophetic gifts. We did uh, episodes on healing and deliverance, which you can go back and review. But today we're on the third part of our prophetic series. Darren, it's good to have you here with us today. Thanks, Tony. It's great to be talking about these things. It really is great to be talking about these things. I've learned so much on these last two episodes, and and I just want to bring you out some more. You know, we're uh, there's so much talk about prophetic from you know from the thirty-five thousand foot level, looking out the airplane window, but. Uh, let's get down in the nitty-gritty today. Let's talk about some of the mechanics of it. You know, one of the things, let's start with this. One of the things that I've heard you teach, which was really an eye-opener for me, was that when God downloads something into your heart prophetically, or when you think it's prophetic, it's really just a revelation. It's not necessarily a prophecy. Could you help me understand that distinction? Great question. I think it's really important to understand what it means, because a lot of people are quick to jump. It's kind of like a child when you put something shiny in front of them, they, they grab at it and just want to run with it. I believe people tend to do that as well. You got to realize that anything the Spirit of God reveals that we didn't previously know is revelation. Now, Paul articulated these different types of revelations with labels in 1 Corinthians 12, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, and prophecy. Those are four revelatory gifts that he mentioned in there. All of those represent different types of revelation the Holy Spirit will bring in any setting you're in. Prophecy, I believe, because it's a separate gift, is what God has to say about the revelation. So now you're moving into a slightly different realm where God starts to give His opinion about it. What He wants to say about it to the believer or what He wants to say to us about it. So I may get information I didn't have in my spirit about something going on in a meeting. I may get knowledge about something He wants me to do in my life. I want you to go here, go do this. But then I need to pursue him for the prophetic insight as to what he wants. That typically involves the two extra elements of what I believe a prophecy needs, and that's interpretation and application. So it's what it is, is the revelation. What it means is the interpretation, and what am I supposed to do with it is the application. So there's this full spectrum of insight the Holy Spirit can give us that's most important. I think some people run too quick with the revelation. Help me out here. If I let's say I get a dream, and, and God speaks to us in dreams and visions, and um, and oftentimes He means for it to be communicated. But I get this dream, and I have to first of all figure out what He's trying to tell me. So I guess that's the interpretation part. But how do I know what to do with that interpretation when I get it? The whole point of prophecy is to draw men's hearts to Himself. So the gifts are from God to turn our attention to God to increase our affection for God. So when a, a word comes, a revelation comes, it's an, it's an invitation to fellowship. So I'm not being given the whole thing. It's kind of like when you're trying to get someone's attention, you give them a little bit of information to say, hey, Tony, so I can get your attention. And then we have an, a conversation to understand what happened. 
some people get a little bit of that information and they get distracted and don't ever actually go to the Lord for the rest of it. When you get a dream, that's an invitation to fellowship. Now, why does the Lord speak in parable like stories and dreams like that? Why does he just come out and say, Tony, go do this, go do that? Hebrews 11.6 tells us why. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So here's the really wonderful thing about the heart of God. He restrains his desire to reveal himself so that he can allow our faith to be included in the interaction so that we can please him. If he withheld that opportunity by saying, here it is, Tony, go do this, go do this, go do this, and there never was ever a need for faith, you'd be, it'd be impossible for you to please him. You want to please God, I want to please God. But if he removed the ability to do it by just speaking directly, there would no, be no, no need for faith, and individuals would then be free to go do whatever they wanted without the need to depend on the Holy Spirit. So the dreams, the riddles with which he speaks sometimes, are intended to cause our faith to, to be expanded and to grow in our understanding as the Spirit leads. So even the process of God revealing something to me that he ultimately wants to share with somebody else, he's using that whole experience, that whole communication process to draw not just that other person closer to him, but me as well. Absolutely. The whole purpose is an invitation for the recipient and the receiver. And it, it's so important that we understand this. This is all about God drawing everyone to himself. Romans 12, 6 says, we prophesy, we prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. So the level of faith we have to receive what we're getting and ascribe it to the Lord and then learn what he's trying to reveal to us by him showing it to us. And that means you got to sit with him. You gotta let him show it to you. And I don't think people understand that part. They just don't spend time sitting with him to let him reveal the rest of what he was trying to say. Well, that is the joy of anything we do with the Lord is getting closer to him. And I just love how you apply faith to that, that um, if he gave it all very simply, you know, we wouldn't have to uh, get it any closer and we wouldn't have to believe that he would give us further interpretation. Right. But then what's the next step? You know, I. I draw in more intimately with the Lord. I'm asking him questions about, Lord, what does this mean? You know, what is this thing I see? What, what is this bell that I see in my dream or whatever it is? And then the Holy Spirit whispers that revelation to me. Then what do I do? Do I hold on to it? Do I use it to pray? Do I use it to shout it from the rooftops? I mean, how do I get there? The same Spirit who revealed it, who shows you what it meant, will tell you what to do with it. See, again, it's always him. He has got to be the one to tell you each step of the way what to do. And in some cases, he'll just give you information just to see what you do with it. You know, and that's what a relationship is, right? I mean, it's a back and forth communication. So I get all kinds of things from the Lord I don't share with people. I have reams of, of time that I've spent with him where he's shown me things about his character, about his ways. You know, we know that that's his nature to reveal his ways. He did it to Moses. He revealed how he is. So a lot of times what's happening is the Holy Spirit's revealing his personal perspective of my situation and how he wants me to approach it. Not just shared, you know, whatever that I have with people. It's not transactional. This is about being transformational. And every step of the way requires my response, my learning, and then all the way through to obedience if there's something I need to share. Okay, so now this may be eye-opening for many of people that are watching, as it was for me when I first heard you teach this, just because I get a revelation doesn't mean that I'm supposed to shout it out. No, it's actually one of the tests you'll have is if you learn to withhold it. 
See, a lot of people have a tendency to use what the Lord reveals to them as what I call social currency. That's a term I've heard used where you try to go into a setting and say, look what the Lord showed me today. And we, we upgrade our opinion, people's opinion of us by using prophecy or prophetic revelation as a way to try to increase people's opinion of us. And this is one of the dangers of prophetic people. And this is one of the tests the Holy Spirit will bring to the prophet's heart or anybody prophetic is to see if they will use what they receive as a way to draw attention to themselves. They'll do it in prayers. They'll do it in all kinds of ways. And the reason I know that is I did it. I was guilty of that. I, I saw this revelation as a way to kind of sound smarter in meetings, to, to be more impressive to people, to get people to like me if I could give them a word. And these are all mistakes that I made. These are all sins that I committed. The Holy Spirit had to you know, convict me of. At one point, he told me, son, I can't give you anything because you can't keep a secret. And I'm like, well, if you're telling me something, why would I want to keep a secret? Well, that's the whole point. The secret place is what it's about. It's about learning things about his nature that I reflect in my lifestyle, not in my words and my attempt to be impressive. Wow, that is so good. Um, you know, that now I want to camp out here for a minute because this whole issue of the motive of our hearts with the supernatural gift things that we receive applies to much more than prophecy, doesn't it? It absolutely does. This is one of the most important things is that God will not share his glory with anyone else. And there is, a, there is a very important lesson here that I believe is so important for people to realize is that the more power you receive, the more obligation you have to transfer that glory to Him when those things are done. I have a regular process of what that I do when I'm done ministering or whatever, where I transfer the glory to Him. It's actually a transactional moment where He's waiting for me to come. If I don't come, He'll wake me up in the middle of the night sometimes. He'll get with me the next morning say, uh, we didn't talk. And it's like, He's looking for me to take that moment and take all those kind things that were said, all those nice words, and transfer them to Him. So it's a way for me to grow in humility to make sure that when I'm done being used in a way that blesses others, that I transfer the honor to Him and the glory for every kind word said, everything done, and everything for His glory. And I'm, what I'm left with is His pleasure. See, this is what you got to understand. It's not so much a transaction of just giving him something. He's like, good, you did your job. Go back to work, you know. No, the Father's pleasure fills my heart where that gap once was. So in other words, he gets the glory, I get his pleasure, and I, that's better for me. I'll take that he's pleased with me. That is better. I don't, I'm not built to handle the glory. I'm here to reflect it. But the pleasure, that's from the Father. And when he's pleased, I'm good. All right, we're here talking about prophecy, but in fact, we're just talking about a way of getting greater intimacy and closer to our Heavenly Father. Absolutely it, because prophecy is the heart of the Father. Jesus said, no one knows the times of the season except the Father. So I believe prophecy is the ministry of the Father. No offense to those who may think differently, but I believe that the ministry of the Father is Him declaring His sovereignty over all circumstances, and it's His way of participating in blessing the church and blessing his people the way he wants. And that father's heart comes through. And if it's not coming through the prophetic, we're in trouble because the prophetic is the, is the pipeline of the father's heart to the church. Yeah, that's so good. And as I'm sitting here thinking about uh, stealing the glory, I mean, any minister who's, or any person, any believer in Jesus who's uh, watching us is, you know, if they're honest, they're going to be looking back and thinking back on their life saying, you know, there was a time when I used that gift that God gave me to bless others to help 
build up my, their opinion of me. I was looking for the glory of man rather than the glory of God. I mean, that would apply to teaching. That could apply to the healing gift. That could apply to prophecy. I mean, that could apply to anything. Right. You embellish a story. You know, it was it was 300 people, not 30. You know, we, we the little tweaks that, that we make to our stories to make them sound a little more impressive than they were. I mean, the Holy Spirit's been very convicting in my life about how I communicate what actually happened so that, you know, I'll leave out a mistake I made so that I don't look as bad. I'll leave out details that will, will keep me looking better than maybe I am. Maybe I wasn't the, the, the person carrying the briefcase that made. Maybe it was somebody else who was being used more than me, but I'll make it look like I was used more. So these are all things that our hearts do. And because we're in relationship, the Father's disciplining us because He loves us. He's protecting us from our tendency to be validated by what we do rather than His grace and His identity in the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship whereby we cry out a Father. That's what's got to validate us. Why? Because what we're asked to do is very hard. It takes a lot of courage to stand up in front of a group of people and say, I'm going to tell you something I believe the Lord is saying right now and risk the potential of being wrong. You can't do that if, you're, if your identity is in a gift because what if you are wrong someday? What if you do get it wrong? You'll never do it again. But if you're secure in the Father's love and His acceptance, and there's a humility and a submission, you'll be less apt to get it wrong because you're not seeking to make it sensational. You're simply appealing and offering questions or information that could be a blessing. So a lot of times when I'm ministering, rather than trying to say, I believe you have a sister who da 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 da, you know, who did this, I'll say, you know, do you have any siblings? You know, I just sense you, you well, yeah, I do. I, I, have a, I have a brother and a sister. Well, I feel like the Lord showed me your sister is, you know, so, well, they gave me information. I know they have a sister now. No, I just confirmed what the Spirit was revealing to me so that I didn't go off in an area I shouldn't have. It's so interesting how the gifts and the call of the Lord are without repentance or irrevocable. And, you know, you see in Matthew 7 where, you know, Jesus said, you know, they say to Jesus, but Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and so forth? And he says, get away from me, you evildoers. I don't know you. I mean, I mean, he gives this gift. But if we're not careful to guard that gift with humility and give the glory to God every time, um, you know, there's there's a sliding away from the intimacy that we're really all designed to have. This is the part that's so alarming about that verse. They didn't even know. They didn't know. This is what scares me. It's not that the Lord's going to leave me to myself. It's that they were so outside of community, so outside of connection, so outside of the Father's love, that they were not receiving His ongoing discipline in a way that would alert them to the fact that they were using what they were doing for their own glory. And the Bible doesn't say they weren't accurate. They were doing things the right way, but in the wrong spirit. And the falsehood was hidden to them because of their, their pride and their desire to protect themselves and their lack of willingness to submit and to humble themselves uh, around, to people around them. You know, this is so good because you know, we're talking about mechanics, the logistics of how to operate prophetically in the church. And I know this is a little bit of a throwback to our last episode, but understanding these deep heart issues and, and basically the motive, who's getting the glory here, um, is a tremendous way for a pastor to help discern a young prophet in the church to help guide them in the correct way so that the gift doesn't ruin them. It, it can. 
and there's no doubt. One of the challenges for a pastor, though, is that they don't they don't have the gift themselves sometimes, so they're expecting it to go a certain way, and they don't understand. Like this happens to me a lot when I talk to our leadership. They struggle with first person or third person prophecy. In other words, you know, this is what I believe the Lord is saying, and you share it just openly. What they had to kind of come to terms with is that's not how the Spirit uses me sometimes. He will literally tell me one sentence or one little idea, and I'm supposed to go to the mic with nothing. And I have to just let him stream through me what he's saying on the spot. And they're like, wait a minute, like, you're not like recalling what he's already shown you. I'm like, I am literally going up there. I share what I know the topic's going to be and the general idea. But when I go up there, I have the first sentence and the rest I'm just pulling on the string and the spirit gives as I get. And they're like, well, that takes faith. I'm like, that's kind of the point is I'm trying to help you understand that I'm not, well, that makes it sound like you're speaking for God. There's no way to judge it. I didn't know. We judge it either way. We judge the content of the word either way. It's still susceptible to that. But you have to understand, I'm walking in the faith that God's called me to walk in to obey him and take that risk. That's where I am after 35 years. That's not going to be the first thing he asks somebody who's never done it before to do. But that's the level of faith I got to walk in because he's walked me through the obedience to get to that point where I can do that without worrying whether he's going to show up or not. Oh, man, that is so good. Um, we're going to take a break right now, but hang tight because when we come back, we're going to be digging more into the depths of the prophetic giftings. Hello, my friends. I want to let you know about an exciting opportunity we're making available to you. As you know, here at Let's Go, we are all about God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things for His glory. We believe so strongly that God has a plan and a purpose for every person who believes in Jesus that we're offering a way to interact with you and help you fulfill your potential in Christ. That's right. The scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on everyone and the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been distributed to every believer. Many of you who are watching really want to be used by God. You have His fire burning in you, but many of you have so many questions and a few doubts and fears too. Everything we have done on this show has been to motivate and encourage you to overcome these fears and to find out what are your gifts, calling, and purpose so that you can be fruitful and effective in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what we're going to do. We will be starting a series of monthly video conferences where we will encourage you, pray for you, and answer your questions. Our goal is to build your confidence that you really are a son or a daughter of God and that you have meaning and purpose in this life. We want to help you on your road to being discipled so that you will be an even greater blessing to others. We may even ask some of you to come with us on one of our mission trips. But the most important thing is that we help you overcome the obstacles to your service to the King, wherever He calls you, and we believe these conferences will help get you there. Visit our website on the bottom of the screen for the time, the date, and the link for our next conference. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, Prophet Darren Slack, and we are talking about the mechanics of prophecy in the church. And we had a great discussion before. I want to venture forth now, Darren, into 
this thing about judging prophecy. Um, how, what's the best way to do that, do you think? Well, I think it's important that we judge prophecy. We weigh it. We have to look at what, we're, what the Spirit seems to be revealing and how it applies to us. In a typical group setting or a gathering where we only have a few moments, we're going to look at a couple of key things. First one's going to be, does it agree with the Word of God? Are there principles, doctrines, themes that are consistent with God's Word? Anything that's not consistent with His character or the themes of the Word of God, we're going to, we're going to say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to look at the witness. We're going to say, does it witness to us? Do we sense the Spirit of God is wanting to do anything with this? Is this something we believe He wants for now? Another thing we're looking for is, is there a weight in what's said? Is there a sense of God's authority and anointing on what's being said? And that's, that's more, you know, subjective, but it does tend to, to be reflected in those with bigger gifts. Something they're saying really carries weight. Those would be the first quick things you look at. But we're going to go on and we're going to look at, does it glorify Jesus and what he did? Is it redemptive? Is the, are there themes of the cross and redemption in it? Does it edify and courage and comfort? Is that present in the messaging or is it incomplete? That's got to be there. Um, we're looking for things that, would there be anything in that that would, that would draw attention to a particular group versus a corporate context that would be a benefit? So, you know, do we need to call a group out or do we, is it too specific where we don't need to emphasize that right now or we need to make it more generic? So we can edit on the fly. Sometimes we will do that. Okay, so you're not looking for condemning words? No. Yeah, you're not looking for the prophetic word that says, uh, you know, Tommy in the fourth row, he's sleeping with his secretary. You know, none, nothing like that. Well, let's put it this way. If God has our attention for a moment, mm -hmm. do you think his first priority is to call out Tommy in the front row? I mean, if God gets our attention in a service and we're willing to respond to him, he's going to speak edifying, encouraging, and comforting words to his people. That's what he said. If he's going to reveal the secrets of the heart, that's what the Bible says the Spirit will do, when God shows up in a word that edifies, comforts, and encourages. In other words, the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, meaning the unbeliever will find that out. And there's many times when I've prophesied where people who are unbelievers or had come in, they're diving under the seats because while I'm talking, the Holy Spirit's saying, I know you. I revealed, you know, and he's showing them things about their life that aren't right. So he's convicting them about things that I'm not even really talking about, or if I am talking about them, the grace and the love of God that's pouring forth and the, leads them to repentance. The kindness of God is leading them to repentance. All right, so let's let's go to the hard question here. Um, what do you say to the prophetic person who's watching us that gets a word that, it's a word of knowledge about some sin in somebody's life in the congregation. What should that person do with that? Well, uh, if they're not in a position of authority to address it, then they need to bring it to a leader who can possibly speak to the situation. So you'd want to find either a community group leader or another leader in the church that they're connected to, that's part of the solution. You can't just start sharing it with anybody. Oh, you look what God showed me about Joey. No, you need to go to someone who's in a position to do something about it and potentially open a door of communication to see if what's being said is accurate and if they have a need that needs to be addressed. Boy, what, a, what an example, Darren. We're going to get to more of this in just a moment, but right now we're going to take a break, so we'll be right back. Hello, my friends. I want to talk to you for a moment about a great need the Lord has put on my heart. Recently, I went to Poland, to Krakow, which is close to the border with Ukraine. I stayed with my good friend, Pastor Andrei Hlopkov, 
who is a Ukrainian that the Lord sent ahead of the war to Poland. He didn't realize that God was sending him there so that when the war started, he and his new church would be a center for help for the refugees fleeing the war. The church has now also become a center for distribution to send food, clothes, and even portable generators to our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. You know that here at Let's Go, we don't normally get involved in ministry like this. Instead, we are focused on sending ordinary people to share the life-giving Word of God. But there are times when God moves on our hearts to help in a more tangible way. Truthfully, my heart has been so burdened for the state of the widows and grandmothers in Ukraine since the war started. As winter approaches, I know that many people there will be freezing during the cold nights because of the lack of power in their homes. I want to do something about it, and I'm asking you to help. I have seen firsthand the work of Pastor Andre and Grace of Life Church. They have refugee homes, delivery vans, warehouses, all the tools they need to get warm clothes and power generators into Ukraine. They just need more money. So I'm asking you today to join with us in sending the money that our brothers and sisters there need to get through the winter. Go to our website on the screen and click on Donate and specify Ukrainian relief. Or you can send money directly to us with Cash App. I'm just so thankful for your participation with us in this ministry, and I promise you that every dollar that you give will go directly to assist with the plight of our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. Thanks again. Welcome back. We're here talking about prophecy in the church. We're talking about how to reclaim this gift for the benefit of the body of Christ. And we're here with Darren Slack, who has uh, been telling us about some of the mechanics. And we were recently talking about judging. But Darren, I want to get back, if we can, to some of the things we were talking about earlier, about what is this process that a person goes through when they receive some kind of revelation from the Lord? Uh, we talked about revelation. We talked about interpretation. How do we get to the point of knowing whether it's a word that we should share and in what context? Great question. I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up. Is the same spirit that revealed it is the same spirit we follow in obedience to it. So one of the things that I do that a lot of other people kind of make a mistake on is they spend so much time, is it the Lord, is it me? Is it the Lord, is it me? Is it the Lord, is it me? I don't ask that question. I ask him what he wants me to do with what I received. I act as if it's him at all times. Why? Because the next thing he'll tell me will be instructions as to what to do with it, and I'm demonstrating faith when I act that way. Now, if it's not him, he'll say, that's not me, to stop. I need to move quickly to understanding what he, what he wants and what he wants me to do. Because a lot of this, the distance between the time I hear it and the time I act on it is the level of my faith. Boy, this is so rich. I am so glad that we're going to be doing one more episode. But before we close out, I want you, Darren, to speak a word of encouragement to the people out there who think they may have a prophetic gift, that think they're being called to share something, and they just don't know what to do next. Well, if you're that type of person, let me just encourage you. First of all, thank you for listening. I want to thank you for taking the time and the courage to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal. I realize it can be difficult sometimes because He doesn't always speak so clearly to understand everything he's trying to say. So what I want you to do is, I don't want you to worry about that, I want you to go sit with him and let him explain to you what needs to be shared in a way that's gonna be helpful. Don't lose heart if your leaders aren't into prophecy or whatever. The Lord will make a way for you. 
I sound like I'm in a church where all these opportunities were presented to me. Truth is, is they were very conservative. And for many years, I had to use outside opportunities to be used because there was only one small window in our church service for something to be used. Outside of that, it wasn't really invited. So my encouragement to you is, is don't be discouraged if moments aren't there. Let the Holy Spirit cultivate a deep relationship with you where you're faithful and you let Him use you. And don't be surprised if He walks you like a child through the process and He speaks to you like a child because that's what we are. We're children in this gift and we got to respond humbly that way. Well, Darren, thank you so much for sharing. I look forward to uh, one more episode where we talk about this. And, and as we close, I want to again make available to our viewers this book that uh, Darren Slack wrote on reclaiming prophecy for the church, how to get the prophetic gift back in the church where it belongs, where it can build up, edify, encourage and comfort the people of God and help us be the people that God has called us to be. For any gift to this ministry, um, we will send you this book. And look on the screen below and you'll see on our website and how to get a hold of us to do that. We want to encourage you also to go to our website because we've got a lot of other resources there too that'll build up your faith. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where you can register for our monthly uh, email newsletter where we talk about uh, the absolutely incredible things that God does as we go on mission overseas and we see the glory of God everywhere we go. Um, we want to share those testimonies with you. So we want to thank you for being with us today and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Let's Go.